Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Firms Consulting Podcast. So today's podcast is going to be short but important, right? It's about networking with partners, or I suppose former partners in my case, right? So I get a lot of emails with clients all over the world wanting my advice. And let me tell you something. I respond to every single one of those emails. In fact, we've made lots of changes within Firms Consulting where I don't, where I no longer work on kind of the administrative um, regulatory side of the company, I, I really want to work with clients only and kind of the, the research work we do, building the products and so on. So I respond to every single email. I don't ignore any emails, right? I respond to every single email and I'll give my comments and I'll explain things to clients, right? So let me explain to you an example of how not to network based on an interaction I recently had with a client. And I know this client because I've seen them writing on the website they may even have emailed me before, if I'm not mistaken. And I remember I've told them, look, I'm, I would love to speak to you. I love speaking to clients, right? And um, the point is, I'm just a little bit busy right now, but if you write to me um, in a few months, I'll, I'll be happy to talk to you. So you get an email from this client who says that they, they didn't get into um, in a BCG Bain or anything like that. They're in a non-target school. They have just an interview left with a firm. I think it was Oliver Wyman. I can't remember. What should they do? So I write back to them and I said, okay, you know what? Send me your, your resume. It's the easiest thing is for me to look at your resume because otherwise I'm just going to give you generic advice. So they send their resume in a few minutes. And I said, okay, I looked at your resume. And these are the differences between McKinsey, BCG, and let's say Oliver Wyman. One is whatever, generally speaking, if you're a good fit for Oliver Wyman, you're generally a bad fit for McKinsey. Because Oliver Wyman is looking for industry experience and McKinsey is not looking for that. So if Oliver Wyman brought you in for an interview, you're probably not going to fit in so well to McKinsey. So all of the advice you're taking in preparation for McKinsey, don't take it for Oliver Wyman. Then I also mentioned, I think, something along the lines of um, be able to show that you're ready to hit the ground running. The training at OW, which is, I think, good. I don't know much about them. But they don't invest as much in training because they're looking for industry experience. So show them you have some experience in a sector and you can hit the ground running. Third is if you got to at McKinsey, don't worry about it. it. It has no bearing on your OW interview because they're looking for different things. So don't worry too much. And I would say fourth is, you know, just make sure that um, you can weave in insights about whichever sector you have experience in. That's going to be most important. OW tends to be big in financial services. If you have that, great. You know, if not, it's not the end of the world. They do work in other sectors. They are trying to expand. So those are the four or five things you need to know. And, and then I said, okay, good luck. I'm sure you'll do well. Just give me posted. And then he, I get a one-line sentence from him saying, okay, so what are the next steps? Now, knowing full well at the end of the previous email, I said, look, I am busy. I, I won't be able to talk. So I sent that to him twice in two emails, right? And then he sends back an email saying, you know what? What are the next steps? Just a simple one line. I got a bit annoyed, I'll be honest, because it's disrespectful. I'm telling the person, look, I don't have time to speak. And he sends me this vague email saying, what are the next steps? Now, I could have just ignored him, but I sent him back a response saying, look, here's some piece of advice for you when you're writing to a partner. One is, don't ignore their email. I told you I don't have time, so don't send me an email saying, what are the next steps? Because I don't even know what you're referring to. And because I don't know what you're referring to, I've got to take up my time for my day. We already told you I'm too busy to, to ask you to explain this. Now, you get this a lot from clients. And I'll tell you what happens here. Two things are happening here. One is, 
the client or potential is not a client is a person who wrote to me the client is assuming that we are like every other firm staffed by junior people and they're writing to us like we're junior people so it's maybe that's a fault on firms consulting side the way we manage our image right because it happens roughly every single month someone will do this right the second one is that even if so so that's one reason the second reason is that i responded to them i responded to them almost immediately and i and i respond in a very friendly way so maybe people think okay it's friendly response i can just send an email across those are the two reasons that's driven by my side. On the third side, which is driven from the side of the person sending the email, is they're probably very busy and don't want to miss an opportunity, so they're responding probably while they're at a cafeteria or something. But the point is this. They want something from me. Something quite important. If you want something from someone, you have to take the time to while your email should be short, we always encourage that they must be respectful and acknowledge information. And if I tell someone I'm busy and they immediately send back an email ignoring that central point, nine, I would say 19 times of 20, the partner is not going to be interested in your in having this conversation any further. So the moral of this story is that when you're writing to a partner, ex-partner, be cognizant of what is being said. He is under no obligation to speak to you. And I mean, the guy blew up good opportunity, right? I, I just happened to be available a little bit during that time. And there was a, I think there was a 50-50% chance that I would have picked up the phone and called him or her um, if they had just sent a nice email. Because I would have said, okay, person is very polite, very friendly. Rather than typing up this email, let me just call them. But they blew it. Why? Because they were rude, disrespectful, and basically ignored what I was trying to say in the email. So when you network with partners, certainly don't send flowery emails, but be aware of what is being said and don't ignore it. And certainly don't send vague emails like, what are the next steps? I mean, come on. The next steps for what? This conversation? Uh, and, and even if it is about this conversation, why is it my job to come up with next steps? You know, Since when do I get homework out of a conversation you started? Be very, very tough in the way you, you communicate with people. I'll say something non-PC here, but I do find this to be a problem most common with people where English is not their first language. And sure, you can argue and say, well, because English is not my first language, I'm making these inadvertent mistakes. In other words, unplanned mistakes. But that doesn't change the fact that you're not going to get a conversation with a partner who could very well help you change the rest of your life, right? So practice communicating in a good way. That is the model of this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to write to me.